0: Our first uh, scripture reading of the morning comes to us from the Old Testament, from the prophet Isaiah, a short passage from chapter 52, and I'll be reading verses 7 through 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight, they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second uh, scripture, of the morning is from the New Testament is from the Gospel of Luke it comes after the angels after the shepherds it's before the wise men and it's the story of Simeon Simeon encountering the couple in the temple in Jerusalem and so I would invite you to follow along as I read from Luke chapter 2 verses 25 through 32. brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, would you pray with me? Lord God, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to see the awe and wonder of the story that comes to us at Christmas. May we be open to you speaking to us in a way that would captivate our hearts and minds so that we may leave here being proclaimers of the good news that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. We pray it and ask it in his name. Amen. Well, our theme this morning is the Christmas carol, Joy to the World. And it all began when a young teenager by the name of Isaac Watts told his father that he did not like the hymns that they sing in church. And so his father said to Isaac Watts, if you don't like the hymns that we sing in church, then why don't you write better ones? So Isaac Watts sat down and he wrote a hymn that they sang that next Sunday in church. It wasn't half bad. For the next 222 consecutive weeks, Isaac Watts wrote a new hymn that was sung in his church on Sunday. All totaled, Isaac Watts wrote about 750 hymns. We have sung some of them here at Chestnut Level, such as, I sing the mighty power of God when I survey the wondrous cross and our God, our help in ages past. What seems to be missing these days is Christmas joy. Now, Isaac Watts, at the age of 45 in 1719, penned the four verses we know as joy to the world. But what seems to me missing these days is that joy, that Christmas joy. You know, in this holiday season, we so enjoy reading the letters that children like to write to Santa. Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live in our house. There is Jeffrey, two, David, four, and Norman, seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time, David is good some of the time, and Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. (laughs) Dear Santa, last year I asked for a new baby brother. This Christmas, I want you to take him back. (laughs) Love, Susan. One woman was giving a TV interview and she was asked if she was looking forward to going back home for Christmas and talking with anger in her voice about her mother, she said, I get nauseous every time I see the Toledo City Limits road sign. Well, believe it or not, The church has not always been very comfortable in celebrating Christmas. In fact, back in 1644, legislation was passed in England that outlawed the celebration of Christmas as town criers would walk through the streets proclaiming this message, the observance of Christmas and other superstitious festivals will not take place, businesses will remain open, decorations are banned. And so there were secret Christmas celebrations And they were held until the government broke them up and threw the offenders in jail. Now, in this country, the celebration of Christmas did not become customary until the latter part of the 19th century. The immigrants who flooded our shores carried some of their traditions with them. The Germans brought over the Christmas tree. The Irish brought over the idea of festivity. The Catholics of Eastern Europe brought the radical idea of taking a day off to celebrate Christmas as you might imagine, it didn't take too long before Christmas became this all-American, wild, unstoppable, unmanageable, overly commercialized extravaganza. You know, there's the Christmas that is in our minds, and then there's the Christmas that really is. There's Christmas happiness, and there's Christmas joy. And Isaac Watts understood the difference. At the age of 15, Isaac Watts contracted smallpox. The disease left him scarred and his face disfigured. At the age of 29, he began his career as a pastor, but that smallpox fever returned. He barely survived, and this time it left him disabled. He was forced to abandon his career, and he was unable to make a living on his own. And so a family took him in and gave him food and gave him lodging in exchange for Isaac Watts tutoring their children. Now, here's a question. How did a man who experienced so much personal pain, suffering, and degradation ever write a song like Joy to the world? I think that Isaac Watts understood that there is indeed a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is external. Happiness is derived from the root hap, meaning circumstance. Happiness depends upon our circumstances. Happiness depends upon our happenings. And if our happenings don't happen to happen the way we want them to happen, (laughs) guess what? We ain't happy. We love those storybook scenes that have a snowy Christmas with a happy, warm, harmonious family sitting around our dinner table or around a fireplace. But then there's that cold water reality that splashes us in the face. The financial strain that we experience in the midst of this season of shopping and trying to find the perfect gift. There are health issues that make it a challenge for us to even enjoy this season. There's the disappointment of feeling overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated at your job. There's a fragmentation of divorce that brings a a different kind of Christmas, like shuttling kids back and forth, coordinating holiday plans with grandparents, and negotiating with your ex. There's that favorite chair where a spouse or a parent used to sit, but now, now it is empty. And then globally, there's violence and terrorism all around the nation of Israel. When you add all those things up, happiness, goes right out the window. But joy, joy is totally different from that. Joy is not an emotion based on our current circumstances. Joy begins inside of us and then works its way out in how we live. The Christian author Larry Crabb has written, brokenness is realizing God is all we have. Hope is realizing God is all we need. Joy is realizing God is all we want. Now, if there's ever a place where we should go joyously overboard, it is in our celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I have come that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So, why is it then that this time of year there are so many Christians walking around who look like they were baptized in vinegar? The late Irma Bombek. Wrote a column one time about our joylessness and our uptightness occurring in of all places the church. Here's what she wrote: In church the other Sunday, I was intent on a small child who was turning around, smiling at everyone. He wasn't gurgling, spitting, humming, kicking, tearing the hymnals, or rummaging through his mother's handbag. He was just smiling. Finally his mother jerked him about and in a stage whisper that could be heard in a little theater off Broadway said, stop that grinning you're in church. (laughs) (laughs) With that she gave him a belt and as the tears rolled down his cheeks added, that's better and she returned to her prayers. Then Irma Bombeck writes, suddenly I was angry. It occurred to me the entire world is in tears and if you're not then you better get with it. I wanted to grab this child with the tear-stained face near to me, and tell him about my God, the joyful God, the smiling God, the God who had to have a sense of humor to have created the likes of us. By tradition, one wears faith with the solemnity of a mourner, the gravity of a mask of tragedy, and the dedication of a rotary badge. What a fool, I thought, here was a woman, sitting next to the only light left in our civilization, the only hope, our only miracle, our only promise of infinity, if he couldn't smile in church. Where was he left to go? How sad it is when we have to leave the church in order to find our joy. Well, one person who found joy in the church was a man named Simeon. In a hallway in the temple in Jerusalem, Simeon bumps into this young couple holding a baby, and this grandfatherly gentleman, who has face as wrinkled as used tinfoil grins, and he reaches out, and he takes that couple's baby boy into his arms. And he throws his head back, and then tapping his foot to a rhythmic beat, he starts to sing a a song that he composed long ago for the birth of this child. Simeon is so joyful because he had been promised that he would not die until he had seen God's Messiah. And the Spirit of God whispers to him, Simeon, this is the infinite infant. This is the one. And for Simeon, this boy is the light of the world. And it says, Simeon took him into his arms. It's an awesome thing to hold a baby in your arms, isn't it? I have personally experienced that three times as a dad right after my son, Tim, my daughter, Julia, and then my last daughter, Emily, was born. As a pastor, I've been to hospitals. I've held babies in my arms, pausing long enough to take a selfie. (laughs) At Thanksgiving, I got to hold my two grandchildren when everybody came here to visit. And last month, right here, I held a baby here for her baptism. As someone has said, in the end, God gives us everything we ever hoped for and nothing we ever expected. You can take away the parties, you can take away the punch bowl, you can take away the poinsettias, you can take take away all the festivities of Christmas because as Christians, our joy should still burn as bright as ever because the point is not the party or the punch bowl or the poinsettia. We are celebrating the fact that God has come near to us in Jesus Christ. He took on full humanity. God determined that there was just no way to deal with the ugliness of our sin and the brokenness of this world and stay at arm's length. That is the surprise we get at Christmas. Three young men also decided not to stay at arm's length and to surprise a stranger in, of all places, a barbecue restaurant in Oxford, Alabama.
1: Others, Brad's barbecue in Oxford, Alabama is heaven on earth. But 8 year old Eleanor Baker says her visit here earlier this month was especially divine. I think it was a God thing. I think God sent me there. You think we needed the example? Yes that people care about other people and how important it is. <laughs> Eleanor is a widow. She lives with her dog, Rufus. And although she has a big family, they mostly live out of town. So Eleanor was alone the night she went to Brad's barbecue. Security footage shows her entering there in the purple. And at about that same time, these three young men arrived. They say they were just having a good old time. He was all just sitting there, just talking. When Jamario Howard noticed Eleanor an older woman sitting by herself. Jamario says he hates seeing people eat alone. And I've seen that. When most of us see someone eating alone, we feel that way. But our sympathy never solves anything. And Jamario really wanted to fix this. So he got up from his table and sat at hers. He just came up and he said, I saw you sitting over here alone. And he said, do you mind having some company? And she said, go right ahead. And then I introduced myself and she introduced herself. And that's kind of how it all got started. They all ended up having dinner together. And it was just a really nice, pleasant evening. <laughs> what those 20-somethings did that night speaks volumes about their character. <laughs> but they say it wasn't entirely altruistic. <laughs> they enjoyed her company as much as she enjoyed wow. theirs. Because when we left there, that's all we talked about. When you make that kind of connection with somebody, it's hard to let it go like I already feel like we're her grandkids. So, you got room for these guys in your life? Of course. I'm so glad y'all could make it. They have all vowed to make room for one another. And certainly, if Eleanor's right, that God played any role in this, it may be to remind us of the joy that awaits just outside the bubbles we live in. I used to say when I was younger, and I still say today, like, I'm going to change the world somehow. And I don't know how. Because I'm not rich, I'm not famous, and I'm not very smart either, so I can't be the president. But we can show the world that it's alright to be kind and then before long maybe the world will be a much better place. <laughs> Amen. Oh, no, Steve Hartman on the road in Oxford, Alabama.
0: And friends, we can also spread that kind of Christmas joy to the world this Christmas. Listen to what Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. The 20th century theologian Karl Barth wrote, joy is a Christian's defiant nevertheless. And I don't know if this is true for you, but I imagine it's true for somebody out there, somebody watching online that this year you might not be having a very good Christmas. There might be something weighing heavy on your shoulders or in your hearts. It could be your health. It could be that of a loved one, a friend, some habit, an anxiety, a fear, or a worry. I don't know. But you may not be feeling the happiness that Christmas seems to demand from you. If that's the case, if that's true for you, I invite you to hear the Savior's nevertheless. Nevertheless, I have come as Emmanuel to be alongside of you. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I love you and care about you. Nevertheless, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Would you join me in prayer, let us pray. O God who rules the world with truth and grace, we thank you for the joy of Christmas. We thank you that our joy this season is not based on cute little legends or nice parties. It does not even depend on the giving and receiving of material things. Our joy is grounded in the wonders of God's love and from the blessing of salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ. We pray that the world would know that we are Christians by our joy. Be our joy, O God. Be our defiant nevertheless. And may this joy become contagious, irresistible, and irrepressible because it comes from the glories of your righteousness and the living presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel, God with us. And we pray these things in the name and joy of Jesus Christ. Amen.